0: Welcome back, everyone. It's season two. Uh, It was quite a break. Alex seems refreshed. I know he just came back from Disney Cruise. How was that, Alex?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Uh, You know, Lauren and I literally at least once a day were either watching videos from our trip or wishing that we were back on the boat. Um, So it was our first cruise uh, with the boys. Um, they absolutely loved it. Um, we loved it. It was, it's just something about being out in the middle of the ocean. That's kind of peaceful. Um, and, uh, just kind of brings kind of slows things down for a little bit. Uh, you know, vacations enough, but it was truly, truly refreshing, truly recharging and, uh, amazing time with my family. Um, and memories that that we will have for a lifetime. So, definitely recommend it to those who have never done one. I mean, cruise. I've done cruises with other uh, cruise lines before. I mean, and obviously this one caters to the families and and the kids. Uh, so if you do have kids and you want to cruise in, in a way where you feel kind of comfortable with things, and you know, I think Disney's the way to go obviously there's a a Disney tax that you're paying um, compared to uh, other cruise lines, but I think you, you do get what you, what you pay for. I mean so much. So we have one booked next year for Sebastian's birthday. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, But yeah, it was just a great time, but you know, like you said, it has been a while since our, our last uh, episode towards the end of middle to end of October um yep. i think it was fun our first season uh we had a good time we learned uh, quite a bit from other people um both in our profession and outside of our profession and uh now i'm excited looking forward to, to season two I, I think we're getting off to a an amazing start with jimmy coming on uh who yep. will be joining us in a little bit he's got tied up with some stuff but um yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, um, you know, to get get back into it and, and just try to put out some good content for people.
0: Okay, what was your most memorable uh, episode of uh, season one?
1: There's a lot of good ones. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, there's stories and people that, um, you know, I still kind of follow um Braylon is one that that comes out to mind um our episode with Braylon our episode with Danielle like they're both killing it right now from you know following them on on Instagram and stuff like that Braylon's getting ready to to graduate here pretty soon so he'll finally get a taste of of this side of of the equation so to speak um Nick was an awesome guest of ours Nick is you know, such a you know, a good human being, like somebody I feel like you can just chill with and and just have a good time. And obviously, you know, him him and I share the the grilling and the cooking and, and stuff like that. So um, but uh, there's just too many to, to tell. I mean, I think there was really some good highlights and something that I took from every every episode that we had. So about yourself.
0: Um, well, I, I learned Quite a bit, um, and to even improve on skills, uh, definitely the episode that we had with Cindy Craft prepared me for the Oasis changes that we had coming down the pipeline uh, this year in home health. Um, seeing the, the more human side of uh, Nick, and also even Victor Wolf, um, improved my uh, dynamics of um, interacting with people who have different views than I do uh, and also helped me recognize my own implicit bias. So um, some very memorable episodes. We've seen people who came on and promoted their businesses. Um, they're still thriving. Uh, Janetta with EJ Kicks. Um, so you guys still go support it if you know some pediatric kids that are in need of comfortable footwear that looks cool uh, but still functional. Check out EJ Kicks. So um it's been it's been a pleasure seeing those who have been on. Um Rebecca published a book, um the EDPT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm seeing some great growth and I had fun. And I'm hoping season two is gonna be just as much fun. Um we're lucky that you know we got Jimmy to agree to come on. He's a busy guy. <laughs> As you can see, so um, as he joins us, uh, we'll just kick it off and have fun. But much Madness is going on, so I'm sure your bubble got burst a long, long time ago. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, it, it, if we're being honest here, I, didn't, I haven't watched much of college basketball this season. Uh, I'm sure that Carolina not having a great year um, may have contributed to that. Um, you know, I, I I didn't even know that the first game between Caroline and Duke came and went, had no, didn't know when it was, didn't see anything. I happened to watch the last one of the season only because I think you know, I had family over that day and it was a, a kind of busy sports day and it was just kind of happened to be on there. Um, I was telling a friend, like for me, March Madness, I feel like it's lost some of its luster. Um, for me personally, why um, traditional teams aren't in there? Um, that that could be it. But you know, March Madness was always the Cinderella story, right? Like that was the highlight of March Madness. You had your core, you know, your your Dukes, your Carolinas, your Kansas, but then you had your little, you know, higher seed. Uh, obviously, I know that I don't think any number one seed made it to the Final Four, did they? No,
0: uh, but, I mean, it's just, yeah, for Cinderella story. I mean, Kansas State had a good run.
1: Yeah, um, no, there was definitely San Diego State.
0: Is in, in, isn't it? So, I know some yeah, people are looking forward to uh, Miami um, FAU uh, Final, but you know you people down in Florida, especially Miami, aren't true sports fans, so.
1: Yeah, you know, Miami's a melting pot. Miami's a melting pot. So you're going to get a little bit of everything from everywhere. Um, So, but see this, obviously football season is what it was and um, never ends well for me. Um, Although I did get to see in person Brady's last game. It was an L um, here in Tampa. So I got to see that in person. That was awesome. Uh, say it again. Who did they play? The Cowboys. Yeah. The and, Cowboys. and there's
0: a the man right now. Yeah, um, I still have those deadbeats beats hanging up
1: on the back of your. Um, always, always. Never, I never give up on my team, man. I never give up on my team. But this time of year, it's golf. You know, I got the Masters coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm real big into Formula One ever since the Netflix series started. Okay. So,
0: yeah! Yay! So, uh, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What's up? Wow! <laughs> wow! No? No? What? Yay! Yeah!
2: Yeah! You Got to make an appearance, guys. You got yeah. to. That. <laughs> that's how we roll.
0: What's up, Jimmy? I'm
2: juggling tonight. I'm sure everybody can relate. I'm juggling.
0: Uh, I mean, you are a master juggler.
2: I'm a juggler. You what.
0: have been since a student. So Pretty much.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. I,
0: found out something about you today while mm-hmm. I was listening to some of your previous episodes
2: what would you find out
0: that you did an in- internship with Howard Stern
2: I did yeah I did an internship
0: how was that
2: 923k rock for the <clears throat> for the New Yorkers because the show the, the station doesn't exist anymore I mean Howard left right you know um, the, that was his le- the, the internship I did was the last summer before Howard Stern went to um satellite or XM or Sirius whatever one he went to first now they've merged so yeah I did an internship at 92.3 Rock, WXRK in New York and uh that was an interesting summer to say the least I'll tell you that much
1: okay so I know you obviously you did the PT you did or are doing the PT stuff but you you've always had this
2: communication yeah
1: um kind of background to you T- tell us about that. Like how did that start? And you know and-
2: that's a good question, right? Like, because I don't even I, I didn't even think about it because it was it's it's so much of my personality, right? So what I figured out was it goes all the way back to when I was like nine, ten years old, and my parents were getting divorced. So now you divide parents by two, and now it's like they're juggling, right? Art imitates life. Like my parents were jugglers too. And I figured out. I started playing like travel baseball. I started playing hockey. I started playing, doing all these things where my parents weren't going to be able to drive me to one thing and my brother to another because they were, you know, now they were instead of a pair, they were just two individuals. So I figured out as like a nine or ten year old, I needed to get the parents of all my teammates to like me. <laughs> I needed, I needed, like, I'll take, you know, Jimmy, you know, this tournament coming up this weekend. You know, we'll see you there. You know, like I, I actually. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm going to get a ride. Like you needed to be, I needed to be affable. And I think that literally made me think from their point of view, like make sure that they understand like who you are and what you bring to the table. And that's like, that's, that literally should be the first thing you think about in terms of communications, which is think about your audience. So as a nine or 10 year old, I was making, I was like, I don't want to miss this tournament, but my mom can't, my mom's got to work. What do you want me to do? So I would figure out ways to like make sure I could communicate things. Then I did the morning announcements in sixth grade, and all the hair on my arm stood up, and I was in sixth grade. So I probably had like six hairs on my arm. And I was like, I like the way this feels. You know, I'm 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 telling everybody, you know, baseball practice, you know, tryouts are at 5 30, and I'm reading the announcements. I'm doesn't matter, just give it to me. And I did that from sixth grade to 12th grade, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. And then yeah, I went to school for journalism, did that internship at Howard Stern, did a bunch of other internships, learned a ton, actually, at really small radio stations. There was a radio station that I'll say that no one will ever heard of. It's in Newburgh, New York. The radio station actually had like six full-time employees because it was like a satellite radio station. Our morning show was local, and everything else was simulcast. The DJs were all across the country, right? But on on my second month there, I'm like 19 years old, the morning show host is like, yo, it's July. I'm going on vacation, so you're going to host the morning show with the host for like two weeks. And I was like, dude, I'm 19. I'm like, can I drive after dark? Like, am I allowed to run a radio station? Like, you're fine. She's been doing this for 15 years. You just push the button, say something. She'll say something funny every once in a while. But I had the bug and then did that for 15 years. And it's bad for a podcast, right? But I'm holding up a, a smartphone, and an iPhone. That thing came along and, and made me say, um, time and space no longer matter, because I could no longer. Be, you know, we were the, we were trying to be the, we were either the first, the best, second best rock station in Scranton. That was where my last radio station that I worked for was in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and it, that didn't matter anymore. Like being first or second in Scranton mattered a lot before the smartphone and before really high-speed internet. And then I'm sitting there driving home from work one day from the radio station, and I'm listening to K Rock LA. K R O Q on my phone through my aux cord. And I'm like, you don't have a plan for this. Me talking to a profession of radio, it's like, you don't have a plan for this. You're not thinking about how time and space no longer matter because you could drive. It used to be, I was the coolest, we were the coolest radio station in 100 miles. But now you're competing with the world. And we didn't, we could not scale that. So I got real nervous. I was like, I finally got what I wanted. Not only was I on the air, now I got to run my own radio station. I was the program director and I was running two radio stations at the time. And I was like, damn, I finally got here. And now the world is changing. Like, I finally got my dream job. And the world, it's like the ground got pulled out, the rug got pulled out from under my feet. But I was like, you can stand here. I could be, I could be like, I could bitch like metallica used to argue like mp3s and napster you gotta stop technology i was like listen that's like shoveling against the tide man be mad all you want ai be mad be as mad as you want it's happening so you can be the guy screaming to get off my lawn or you can embrace it so i sort of didn't necessarily embrace it i sort of said like all right well if i'm not going to be a radio guy what am i going to be and i was an athlete i was a triathlete i was a uh I picked triathlon because I wanted to see if I could be mediocre at three things in one day and triathlon. (laughs) Listen, There's
1: there's one thing that can be said about triathletes is that they're not mediocre because the mediocre, the mediocre one is like leaps and bounds better than than your normal.
2: But I dug it because it had so many different things. Like it was like, you do the swim? And then, you know, it was like all over the place. That's kind of my personality juggling, right? You got to juggle three sports. And then one of the guys who we used to train with in, in Scranton while I was still in radio, but doing triathlon, it was a PT. And I was like, I don't know, man, your vibe when people come hang out with you and you never touch them, that they'd be like, I have my knee after a long ride, my knee, my back, whatever, without ever touching. them, mean, just talk back and forth. Hey, you know, why don't you try moving your pedal or they'd walk away sort of different. I was like, I don't know what you just did there, but that's you're doing stuff. And I want it, Can you teach me this mojo? So when became a PT. Hung up the headphones. Right, I'm done. I'm not going to hang up the microphone. I'm done. And then it was while I was in PT school, I was watching a presentation at a at a North Carolina State PT Association, APT North Carolina. I saw a presentation, and the guy was just like sort of presenting, but he was all buttoned up. He was like, like I don't know, like I was like, apparently this is what we're supposed to be, like doctor, doctor, do you concur? Do you concur? Like we're supposed to talk like that. And uh, I didn't understand most of what he said. And then fast forward two hours into the networking hour, um i saw the guy across the bar you know networking hours code for happy hour and i'm like dude i paid like a hundred bucks to be here like i'm gonna at least learn one damn thing and i just walked up i was like i'm jimmy i'm a student and i saw your presentation i didn't understand it and one beer and 17 minutes later i understood in depth his entire 60 minute presentation so i was like where's the problem there is it me was i just not paying attention enough no he on stage he was a presenter in the bar we were having conversation from one person to another he was able to read my face if he saw i was confused he was able to double back what what don't you get about that boom 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 it was this back and forth and you know i don't have the the research article citation but our brains are wired for conversation they're not necessarily wired for presentation how many times have you sat in a 90-minute lecture in pt school or any school after minute twenty-eight, I got. I'll be honest with you. I don't have the percentage, but it's a low percentage of information that's getting through. Our brain craves novelty, right? That's why we do funny.
0: Oh yeah!
2: That's why we do funny things. We change it up. Watch, watch TikTok reels. Watch TikToks or reels. Really, really high-performing ones. The the camera angle will change every two and a half seconds. But come over here. They will go over there. In out boom. Captions on screen. Moving, moving, moving. We know our brains crave novelty. And yet people want to be like people try to lecture to you. That doesn't work. So I don't I don't think I did anything special launching a podcast in PT in 2015. I think I happened to be at the right time at the right place. And like salmon, I was swimming in one direction up river. And I think a lot of PTs who were launching podcasts, because there were still there were a lot before I even started, they were swimming a different direction. I was someone who knew very little who wanted to learn more, and I think most people who launched podcasts back in 2015 were people who knew a lot who wanted to show how much they knew. So I was a radio DJ trying to be a PT. I was the salmon swimming upstream, and mostly everybody else was someone who had knowledge they were swimming downstream. And I think people – I think my show resonated and I think still resonates because I walk into a lot of situations where I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but in 20 minutes we're going to learn something together. Because I'm armed at all times with six weapons: who, what, where, when, why, how. I'm armed with those six tools, and those are my weapons, and I wield them well. So I think, like you know, I think I just happened to hit the right time and place. And I'm, and I love, I I love talking to people. Like it'd be difficult for me to fake that. It'd be difficult for me to fake curiosity and and interest.
0: Well, you're definitely an innovator. Um, You see a problem, and you try to solve it. You bridge the gap, and and you're right. there are a lot of similarities in your story with where I'm um, finally got a dream job. And I think a lot of students, after they graduate and they become a licensed physical therapist, is like, wow, I finally get my dream job. But then they're battling the student debt, the low reimbursement, yeah. and they're like, it seems like the wrong is slipping from them. So what right. would you give as an innovator? And someone who is, you know, pretty creative and pivots quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, I did not see your picture with Ryan Clark. I Ryan Clark, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I weaseled my way into, way into that picture with Ryan Clark. I tell my story a lot at, at PT schools, right? Because I go do my podcast live at, at PT programs across the country. And I, try, I tell my story. And it's not just to be like, t- check out how cool I am and how innovative I am, right? I always wrap it up with. I just connected two dots. We learned in fifth grade that there's a straight line between any two points, any two points. A PT, a radio DJ becoming a PT doesn't make any sense swimming in one direction. In the another direction, looking backwards, it makes complete sense, right? That's the quote. Life has to be lived forward but can only be understood backwards, right? And then I say, well, that's cool, but what are you going to do? You in the audience, what is your one dot? Because we have PT in the middle, right? That's our profession. What are you going to bring to it? Right? What do because there's like a straight line between any two points. So I don't know. Whatever you're fired up about, it might not make any sense until it makes sense. Like one of the nicest compliments I ever got was from Sharon Dunn, and we were at shockingly. I'm gonna shock you guys here. We're at a bar. I know. We're at a bar <laughs> at an APTA event, and Sharon leans over and she says, "I think I think a radio DJ is is exactly what this profession needs." But she said it in her cool Louisiana accent. I'm not gonna try to be. You know, she had an awesome accent, and I was like really and she goes we need some people to shake some things up and Sharon's never been was ha- has never been and is never uh shy about saying we need different things and that's why i like what i see in the profession at APTA inside outside we're looking we're looking under different rocks that we've never even thought about before and i that excites me and that's what i think innovation is you mentioned innovation my boss is my my boss right now is David Petrino at Mount Sinai. His definite innovation has nothing to do with technology, AI, none of that. It's gotta be very simple. Find a problem that everybody looks at it and says, That's not my problem to solve. Solve that problem however you want. It's not the how, it's the what and why. Solve that problem, and you are an innovator. Very true.
0: Absolutely. I think we gotta look into your commencement speech that's coming up.
2: I'm giving Can a commencement a good- speech. Uh huh. I'm giving a commencement speech at Marymount, my alma mater, and I'll even tell you what I I, I shared the format. Like I shared the formula on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to say thanks for having me, and then I'm going to tell them a story because our brains are wired for story and conversation. And the story is is about a kid that I met while I was in PT school on my service learning trip. I was six months away from graduating, walked into my chair's office and said, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna quit PT school. I'm, I don't think I fit anywhere in this profession. And she, to her credit, Sky Donovan was like, I have no idea where you're gonna fit, but you're gonna find a place. That's what you do, you find, you find a way. And I went to Costa Rica and worked in an orphanage for two weeks and I came across this kid and he taught me more in two weeks than I would learned in three years about myself. I learned a lot in PT school about PT and other people, but I learned about myself in two weeks. And the the story in a nutshell is he had uh muscular dystrophy. So he was essentially in a tilt and space chair, was pretty much, you know, he had a little bit of wrist function, a little bit of cervical, but otherwise he's just wherever you put him is where he was. Except he was the happiest, one of the happiest kids I've ever met. Like just ha- good morning, was happy the sun rose. And I was like, damn. But I wanted and, and the and the problem was we had left him, we had left after a trip. We had left him no better than we found him. Can't really do anything as a PT, you know, positioning and stretching, right? We can't do anything about muscular dystrophy. But I, he was a tilt in space chair. As I mentioned, I was like, screw this, man. If he had a BMW of a power chair, how would that change his minute-to-minute existence? Like, would that? And they were like, yeah, but the dude's in an orphanage in Costa Rica. Like... Getting him a new set of clothes is hard. Like I was going to – my whole thing was like I was – in my first idea, 1.0, which sucked, was let's get the DC United. Let's get the MLS to send him a bunch of soccer stuff. Like think about how like of a dumb idea that is. You're going to send a soccer ball to a kid who can't get out of like a wheel. like. So that was Jimmy being dumb. And then I was like, wait, think about the audience. What will change his minute-to-minute existence? And I was like a BMW of a power chair, like a permobile power chair. And But I might as well have been saying a rocket ship to a kid in an orphanage in Costa Rica, but I was like, well, I have a, I have a weapon. I started the podcast a year before it was a baby thing. Right. But I was like, if I tell, if I tell the story enough with enough passion to enough people, we can close the, we can close the gap between nothing and something. And, but the only, so I think we did it in 66 days. It was 66 days when I said, when I started to GoFundMe page for this power everything the, fuck, the best of everything on this thing right power tilt do 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 battery horn everything um we had 66 days and we raised i don't know 20 dollars in 66 days because i said to myself i needed to make it real when you walk across the stage of graduation i want to feel like i've accomplished one, at least one thing and i felt like i was an okay pt but i didn't feel like i belonged you know, like i was okay i was you know i was all right you know but i was like i need I i want something meaningful to before I leave this place and that was it and we raised it and then the school paid for Marymount paid for me. They flew me down to Costa Rica. Like, Someone's got to deliver the damn thing to Costa Rica and they got to teach him how to use it. And I was like, oh crap, patient education. So they flew me down there just after graduation and I got to like walk up to him and be like, you know, hola and here's your new chair. Right. So like that was that that taught me the lesson was again that straight line, but there's an intersection between those things because I had a weapon. Right. As my professor, she made me feel a lot better about it, too. She was like, we've been going to that orphanage, the school and other schools did service trips to that orphanage for years. They saw the same kid. They saw the same problem. and Everybody looked at him and said, not my problem to solve. And I want that's the lesson I like to leave with students is like how many people are walking by a homeless person on the street? I don't know. We see problems. There are problems. You believe me. Look in any direction. There's problems. Start choosing the ones that are yours to solve. That's innovation. Don't wait around for chat gp 11 to come out, right? You don't need to. So I just drew a line between I can tell stories, and if I just keep repeating it, and I knew some people, right? And people knew people, but we all know people, people knew people, new people. And give me, give me, five, I kept saying, give me a dollar. I want every, if I, if I can get a dollar per download or a dollar per listen. And of course, as soon as someone takes their credit card, it's 10, 50, 100. And then, then we have companies. I'll match the next thousand bucks. And I was like, all right, now we've got a snowball. Now we've got momentum. So that's the power of – it's not the power of a microphone. That's not the power of a podcast. That was the power of people and a story. And we just kept telling the story. And I made we made Hainer real. We made him real because he was real. I was like, if they knew if, – if people could see what I saw, they'd give money. But I could show a picture. I could show a video. I needed to tell a story that touched your emotion, and if I had to tell it 150 – different ways of 10,000 times I was going to do that. And we did it. That's yeah. sort of why I departed with a purpose this year at CSM. I was like, it's been a couple of years since I've done something that I felt moved the needle. And I was like, then you know what, let's move. The, what, what am I waiting for? So
1: it, it, It's interesting that you bring up that point, which is absolutely true about stories. Yeah. You know, like when we look at Netflix, Hulu, you know, awesome. all these platforms, right. The things that draw the most attention for the most part take away your reality TV shows, which to me yeah. is mindless, mindless <laughs> junk TV, but it, it fills a space. But aside from that, yeah, your your most watched stuff are documentaries yep. that tell the story from a unique perspective or an interesting or, or a different, or like you said, yep. from the angle of a problem that most people have walked past by. But they don't
2: know. They don't care. Alex, why do you now versus three, five years ago care about F1 racing? It's a story. Because F1 racing could not solve, because I was the American problem. We can't break into America. Americans don't like F1 racing. Dude, trust me, Americans like fast, loud stuff. But how come F1 couldn't solve the America problem? And then what'd they do?
1: They, they started them. telling
2: about. They started making it telling stories about drivers. They made the drivers real. Drivers look like astronauts in F one. It's just a head in a car. It's nothing. And they started telling the stories about the drivers. And now, what's happening in the United States with F one? You just talked about it on a random PT podcast. Yeah, that's not by accident. That is not by accident.
1: No, absolutely. And, and at this time, I, I will let our viewers know the ones that don't know this. It is because of Jimmy. That the Alex and Mo podcast exists, you, um, he will deny this and he won't take no, the credit. No. Well, <laughs> no,
2: I'll, I'll take the credit here. I'll take this credit. You guys, you guys, and I work with I work with parts of the APTA. I work with companies. I work with people. Right? A- a- except companies and brands and people—they're all made of people. Well, people are people. They're not made of people, but. But we all they all have the same problem, right? So you guys, and this is for the live streamers because I'm doing something visual. You guys were standing on the edge of a diving board like a like a five-year-old. Yeah, you ever seen a five-year-old who's gonna do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my first dive. I'm gonna do my first dive. And they keep looking around and they're like, they do keep doing this move where they're like leaning forward and they're trying to go through like that motor planning in their head, like, how do I get my feet up in the air? And you kept going back and forth on Twitter, right? Where you're like, We're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. And I think I said something like Monique, if someone came out with your podcast tomorrow, you've been thinking about it for months, but if they did it tomorrow and they slid in there and stole your idea, how pissed would you be? And you're like, I'd be pissed. I'm like, then why are you on the side, Jump in the pool? It ain't rocket science, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And and because of that, you know, very thankful because it was it was the push that we needed Um, more so, Mo needed because I've been after Mo forever trying to do something like this, but but yeah, it's just you know getting together and telling stories, which is why when we had our like pre show talk uh yesterday, you know, I told you our our vibe is let's just have conversations, let's tell stories because that's what captivates people, that's what brings people together, and and you know, this PT podcast and, and we talk about PT stuff, but we talk about real stuff. We talk about life stuff. Um and a lot of this stuff indirectly, as you've shown in that example, is how we become better clinicians, how we better connect with our, our, our clientele. I'll
2: be right back. I'm gonna dip back out. I'll be back in. I got I got I got we're installing kitchen counters. I'll be right back. Yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> multitasking yeah, but, I mean, right. as as a of- we suck at telling stories.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: we, we've been programmed that we have to be presenters. Um, just use our knowledge and expect people to be able to relate, but they can't relate if you don't share a story. It has exactly. to
1: be I think if you ask any clinician, um, what, what is it that you do that gets you the best buy-in from your client? And it's you create a story, you create a, a trust um, between you and that patient, and you you guys connect. You tell each other stories. You create a story in your journey to get them to whatever their goal may be. Um, so I, I think that's that's a great point by Jimmy. Um, and as we had a viewer say, like they are interested in golf now because Netflix came out with a separate golf um, documentary, which was similar. To what Formula One did, um, you, you you and Patrick should go uh, shoot a f- few rounds. You know he's close. We might to have my life. to connect at some point. But even even for instance, even that that uh, series, the Netflix one. I mean, mm-hmm. Mo, you know, I'm I'm an avid golfer. I have watched golf. I, but me watching that show told me things, showed me things, introduced me to things that I was unaware of as a golf fan. You know, so now I made connections. With different golfers now because I saw them on on the show and I saw their story and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what we do, we always talk about we're in the people business. Um, and and we've we've got to do a better job of of communicating because, like you said, we're not good storytellers. We, nope. you know, and, and because we're not good storytellers, we can't get the buy-in from the adults at the table, right? Going back to my, my kitty table analogy, you know, we don't tell the stories. We don't present our case in a intriguing manner, in a manner that make other people ask like, Oh, wow. Like, how did you do that? And you know, that benefited them. And, and, you know, those kind of makes people think that way. Mm-hmm. So all we get to do is sit down and, you know, be told what to do, when to present, and, hey, you can try because I gave you an order, um, not because you needed, you were the best person for the patient, right? So, um, And
0: not being able to tell stories is what makes us part marketing as well, too. Um, People want to be able to connect, and if you can't be human and vulnerable, they're not going to connect with
2: you. Look what Philip just said. If you're listening to the podcast, Philip Goldsmith, good guy. I used a story from a 50-year-old baseball novel to make a point to a client this afternoon. So so we didn't we didn't prepare this, right? Yeah. But if I said three little pigs, you oh. understand what I'm trying to teach you is yeah. better be prepared, right? Because that's the moral of the story is there's always going to be a big bad wolf, and you better make sure your house is made of brick, right? If I said Goldilocks, you'd understand, right? Mm-hmm. Although I don't even know if I know the, the moral of that story is don't break into people's houses. Like, why is she <laughs> in people's beds eating their pork? Like, why is this? Girl- no, no, no.
0: Golilux is like you keep trying until you find the best fit.
2: Except she was breaking <laughs> into people's house. She touch other people's stuff. It didn't matter how, Jimmy. It didn't matter how, as long as she found the right. <laughs> so in my experience, in my twenty plus years of of, of telling stories as a job, right. The biggest the biggest failure is that we want we're so excited to tell people what we know is we start talking about ourselves. So I'll give you an example. This is how I this is how I put it. It's how I put it in CSM, right? My last presentation. If uh, freshman year and sophomore year in college. It was a little harder for Jimmy to get a, you know, to get a girl to say yes, to go out with him first two years of college listen freshman year I, I was just coming out of my senior year in high school i was the captain of the hockey team i was on the swim team i played baseball i was class vice president i did all this club so freshman year i walked into college meeting all these new girls i couldn't wait to tell them how great i was and you can imagine how well that went over because but i don't i don't get it man like You know, I got these great pickup lines that I found on the internet. That's not working. And me telling them how great I am isn't working. And then it was between sophomore and junior year, I realized, what do you like? Would you want a girl to walk up to you and just tell you how great she thought she was for 10 minutes? Where do you think that would go? And then you reverse it. So if you want to, the the trick I tell people if you want to appear interesting, you should be honestly interested be interested in who you're talking to ask questions right open the door but let's say you're like oh jimmy on like a on a reel or something quick a post it's really difficult for me to ask questions to the audience it's a one way communication i don't think it is because you just said on the show we wanted to talk about things that our audience was wondering or have real problems that they had. That's a way of communicating what Oprah says, the three desires of every person are, they want to be seen, heard, and understood. So don't you hate it when, insert something here, it's the beginning of most sentences on infomercials. Oh my God, don't you hate it when you come home and there's a leak under your sink. Oh my God. So you hammer on the, you got my attention. Now, if you don't own a home or have a sink, that's probably not for you. But if I have an infomercial about a sink product, I kind of don't want you paying attention to me anyway. You're not my audience. So the biggest mistake I see people do, and we you could joke about it. I think it's kind of cliche now is we can't wait to tell you what our the letters after our name are. Like I can't wait to tell you how little that actually matters. That's like me being like I don't want to brag here in college, but I was the captain of my high school hockey team, which means nothing anywhere not even at the hockey team, right? Like it's just, it's just, it's when you change your. Now when I give that example of Jimmy not being able to get a girl to say yes to a date, freshman sophomore, you're like, of course. But look at the content you're sharing. Are you talking about how great you are, or are you exhibiting that I see you, hear you, and understand you and your problems? And this could be a person marketing a business for you know plumbing, or this could be a PT. We do hands-on therapy. Stop talking about how you do what you do. Talk to me about me. It's the sexiest sound I'll ever hear. I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you talk about me all day. Right. So, are you an elite triathlete? But you took a couple of years off and you want to get back out there and you want to get to the finish line. I can help you do that. Oh, you have my attention, friend. I don't even care if you're a PT. You spoke my language. I'll find out you're a PT later. That's called burying the lead. Bury the lead in a good way. Yeah, I got this doctoral level education, but really, I understand you. I see you. That's what people really care about. They really, they really, really, that, that whole line from Roosevelt, uh, people don't care about what, you know, until they know that you care. I think that's wrong too. I think people don't care what, you know, I think people don't care that you care. People care if what, you know, can help them. I'm guilty of it, right? So are you. So it doesn't mean I don't care that you care. I need to understand that you care about the things that I have a problem with. Communicate that way. You don't need a thousand dollar marketing class to do that. You don't need to hire a business coach to do that. You might need to hire a business coach or a marketing coach to do something else, but not that.
1: Absolutely. And and I think that's a a big point, um, a big focus point, especially with, you know, right now, especially in the outpatient world, you're seeing a lot of the cash PT.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, cash. We need to go cash. We need to go cash. You know, uh, reimbursement in outpatient is heading in, in the wrong direction. It's making it very hard. So most people are saying, okay, well, I need to pivot. I need to get into a cash-based system. I need to uh, become a niche therapist, whatever that may may, right.
2: may be, right? right? But If you can't do what you just need. You're in trouble then it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Remember cash is how we we have the transaction. Communicating that I have a I can help you do what you can't do but want to, that comes way before it. Now, who was I talking to the other day? Let me bring up I'm going to bring up this Twitter thread and I'm not going to I'm not going to read the person's name, but this was a PT and she was online, she was on Twitter and she was sort of like venting about how she wanted to break into gyms. Right. She was like, I have a movement workshop. It's a great idea. I have a movement workshop. I'll go to gyms. I'll say, listen, I'm, 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 uh, I almost said the person's saying. I'm uh, XYZ I'm going to come into your gym. I'm going to, I'm going to teach a class um, for your trainers and I'm going to teach a class for members. Whoever wants to come, just free to come, whatever. It's a workshop. Great idea. And she goes, none of the gyms will call me back. And I'm like, that's weird because what you're offering for free seems pretty legit. How are you uh, making that offer? What are you saying? How are you pitching? And then she proceeded to tell me that she says – and I gotta let me read this real quick to make sure. Yeah, her name's on it. She says, well, I haven't – well, on the phone I say, I know your trainers can teach a squat, so the injury prevention is teaching them to recognize tightness in one area and not another or subtle weight shift in the squat, which can be indicative of something. I'm she already lost. I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure she does, and that might be her jargon, right? But I'm not even making fun of that. But my point was she couldn't wait to tell them and show them how smart she was. She skipped over that she saw them, she heard them, and she understood them, and she had a solution to one of their problems. And I said, well, what's the problem that you're solving for the gym owner? Because that's your first gatekeeper, right? There's your first <laughs> You don't get past the gym owner. You're never going to get to the trainer. You're never going to get to the potential um, gym goer. What's the problem you're solving? Well, I'm giving an injury workshop. I was like, that's not your, that's not a problem. That's what, that's how you're solving that problem. Well, I can see what problem you're trying to solve. And she probably knew it. It was so obvious that she wasn't even saying it. You ever have that? You're so obvious I'm skipping over it. You are reducing cancellations to gym memberships because someone gets injured. That goes to an emotion because that is pocketbook time. If you said that to a gym owner, right, Patrick says, is that a problem they have? Right. I don't have a movement fault analysis problem. So look around. What problems did the gym owner or do gym owners have that she can generalize? Do people want to pause their membership or cancel their membership because I blew out? I hurt my back doing something stupid that I shouldn't have. Now the gym owner goes, damn, yeah, okay, right this way. Now you're at the trainer level. Again, don't baffle them with your, with your jargon at that point. Don't do it. Explain to them. Listen, somebody, if someone is paying you their membership and you the trainer, and they hurt themselves, they're not going to be paying you as a trainer cash anymore, are they? So let me give you three things real quick to uh, to do that. Blah blah I We're gonna go who listen, you're gonna come for an hour. Um, 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 X, Y, Z, P T, you're gonna come for an hour. You probably know most of this, but maybe you pick up one thing that helps you make some money. Oh, we touched that money thing again, right? And now to the gym goer, same PT, pitching the same class in a different way. Would you like to lift longer, hit your PRs with with fewer injuries? Right this way, because I'm doing a workshop. But she kept leading with how cool she was. She kept leading with it. She was the captain of the hockey team, and no one cares about that because I care about me. So once she did that, I don't know how the interaction went because it went on Twitter and she sort of like at the end, I was like, you know, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. And she was like, yeah, thanks for the whatever. So maybe she didn't take it the right way. But you know what? Maybe I'm wrong, though, too. Maybe I'm wrong. But she was well, – Oh no,
0: she would listen because i getting a little bit ticked off when you kept asking me what my XYZ statement was. And I was like, I kept sending it and you kept saying but. Yep. <laughs> I kept sending it you kept saying but. I was like, what the heck is that's he
2: looking? That's an exercise, right? Like that's my, that's me trying to be a good, annoying little pokey teacher. Like <laughs> who cares? Because I don't want to give you the answer. I want to. Sh- I want to. I, work, I, 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 I
0: love. That. I love that about you.
2: But you, you gotta read your audience because on Twitter, who the hell knows? This this person is probably like oh, this guy sucks. He's, who, who the hell does he think he is? But some people some people that you've dealt with patients or clients or anybody or people in your life. Some people are not ready to hear the answer. Some people, some people just come to Twitter to vent, and that's cool too, man. I mean, you know, let your freak flag fly. I'm here yeah. to solve problems. <laughs> yeah,
0: some people they they appear to want advice, but they don't really want it. I mean, they're gonna be right. stuck in their will so or they're not- the worst. There's a yeah. You have to realize who your audience is.
2: Correct, and that, and that's hard to do on Twitter, right? Because it's one dimensional, and I don't know this person. I know I see a, a, an icon and a name, or or some people just keep asking for advice, and they never do anything with it. Even they get ten pieces of advice, I call them assholes. They just keep asking and asking and a, like I just want you to know how annoyed I am. But that falls into my that falls into that prove, proves me right. That person wants to be seen and heard and understood. They're angry. Maybe they're not in the right place to to actually take action on the solution. But that's all I had. That's all I was armed with. I was armed with, all right, well, are you looking for a solution? And she was like, yeah, what do you got? I was like, let's slide into the DMs. Let's try this. I don't know. The last thing she said was like me – I could show you the screen, but it's like 15 different messages from me. And then she went, okay, thanks. Love it. I was like, all right, that's (laughs) – go away away.
1: that's somebody checking out and saying i i I, I got a little more than what i wanted but thank you for taking your time and
0: i'm that that brings me to a a problem that a lot of people especially when they're doing marketing on social media especially if you're in like cash pt about giving too much away for free as you said you could give all the advice in the world i could give somebody the blueprint on how to start uh Home health staff and company, the same way I did, try to cut right. the cause of all the headaches that I got that is giving me gray hair. But if they don't follow through with it, they're not going to be successful. So, the biggest problem a lot of people have is doing and being the right. person. So, you could give the advice, but if they're not going to do and they're not going to be, it's the action step. Like Ideas I said, a dime a dozen.
2: Like I said, listen. Mo, if someone goes and creates this podcast that you were going to make a day before you were going to launch, it, and you're sitting here getting ready, you're on the end of a diving board, you're in the getting ready phase. We're getting ready. Right. I'm going to jump. Don't worry. I'm going to. I love this one. Uh, as soon as the holidays are over, I'm going to. I'm going to have more time. Biggest lie we've ever told, 150 different different times. <laughs> Philip has it. Some people are asking questions and they're not ready for the answers. And that's so you, true. You never know when you're going to get philosophical advice. And I got I heard some really great philosophical advice on the back of my Peloton bike. I see one in the back of, of Alex's joint, right? Uh, did you ever ride with Dennis Morton? Yeah. yeah, ponytail dude, love him like him. He's one of more than a few, and I like how they have all different personalities, right? Dennis's vibe is kind of like a little bit of hippie and a little bit of whatever. Dennis has got a great line, which is "I make suggestions, you make decisions." He can't read.
1: I use it all the time. It's good, it's really, really all the really time. Good brilliant yeah you know and and i tell patients that all the time and i got it from writing with him and i'm like you know what like this is a very profound statement in the simplest form possible yes because it 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 breaks up into small little pieces how this works repeat that what what is it
2: i make suggestions you make decisions if I tell you, you, you're out there saying, hey, I'm Mo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a podcast and they like, Hey, Mo, I just think you should just do it. I can give you the three things. Here's a link. Click on this and start it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm making a suggestion, but ultimately it puts the onus back on the person. Right? Because the physical part of physical therapy is most, should be anyway, be mostly on the patient, right? There's some manual stuff we do and we move, right? But it I want to be working myself out of a job in most situations. I don't want to make a blanket statement, but like, I want you to learn some stuff. That's what we like to say. We want to get paid for what's between our ears, not just what we do with our hands. Right. Um, But yeah, I make, listen, I make suggestions. You make decisions. I mean, it's, 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 it's hello philosophy is what I, it's, if, you know, I use it all the time now with clients.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's definitely one. And, you know, it's funny that the Peloton thing, because They personalities, you know, every time that they get in front of that screen, whether Mm it be on the bike or the tread. Yeah, they're doing the thing that we've talked about this evening the most is they're telling stories.
2: Yeah, they got. Yeah. Why? They
1: sit sit there and tell stories and they find ways to connect with this person that they doesn't even know exist behind the screen in somebody's basement office, whatever it may be. And you know what? By the time that that person gets off the bike or the tread, you're like, man, not only did I just get an amazing workout, but I learned something about this instructor. I learned something about myself. I found this.
2: Yeah. Because that's what we're kind of – think about this. Think about what Alex just said. When you hear a story – what you're actually doing as the receiver is you're trying to figure out where you fit in the story, right? I mean, come on. When you're watching Star Wars, you're thinking you're thinking what BuzzFeed does with all those quizzes. Which Star Wars character am I, right? You're trying to see where you fit. And going back to my Jimmy can't get a date freshman and sophomore year relationship story – if I keep making myself the hero in every story, I'm the captain of the hockey team, and I'm so smart, and I got a podcast that gets a gajillion downloads, right? You're thinking, cool story, bro. Keep telling it, but I don't. If you're the hero of the story we're sharing, I don't know where I fit. This is Den, uh, this is Donald Miller and StoryBrand. If you want to go deeper into that, right, is if you keep telling stories where your product or your brand, if you're a physical therapist and you keep telling me how cool you are. But I can't figure out that you're actually my Yoda helping me get back to the starting line of a triathlon. I'm like, that's cool for you that you got those degrees and that education, bro. But if I can't understand quickly that you could potentially be a solution to my problem, I will ignore you. Do not expect your audience or your potential audience to burn unnecessary calories trying to figure you out. That girl with the movement workshop thing with the I can't remember what the hell she called it. I said in one of my reactions, in one of my messages to her, I said, do not expect people to burn unnecessarily unnecessary calories to figure out what the hell you're trying to say. I make suggestions. You make decisions. Get to the point. GE, we bring good things to life. Got it. I understand. Blanket what you do.
0: That's good. No, life's, that's, good.
2: life's good. That's what, that's why they do it or what they do, how they do it is they make refrigerators or they make, you know, ovens, right? That's how they do what they do. I want people, like when people ask me what what I do, Mo, what do I say? When someone asks me in a part, do I say I'm a podcaster or a PT? No, it's too confusing, right? I say, I make good work well known. Yep. And they say, how do you do that? I make them say the how. Then I get to say, I, I use video, podcast and words to help scientists increase their reach. And they go, oh, that's cool. I made them ask the question. I waited. Some people are like, that's cool. That sounds weird. I'm not going to engage. Okay, you're not my audience anymore. I know that. But I'm not going to burn any unnecessary calories.
0: And I even noticed like with successful podcasts, uh, like what connected a lot of people with pivot podcasts is the stories that you hear about the athletes. What connected me with... When Alex suggested that document watch the documentary on Kanye, I was like, wow, yeah, I gotta watch watch it. It. a lot more about him and you know why he's a little bit
2: <laughs> a little bit Kanye
0: off the rails.
2: A little bit Kanye.
0: Um, even uh with David Chance with Social Proof, the way he gets people to open up and be vulnerable is is what draws people into listening to his podcast. So we need to stop being more technical and yeah, it's- connect, as you said, with stories.
2: The distance between you and your potential audience is the thickness on the glass of your smartphone.
0: That's and uh, one thing I learned, okay, I I've been creating content like a lot more. And the things that I would think that people will want to listen to, like the more physical therapy, scientific stuff, they don't get more views they might probably get like 100 200
2: 300 right
0: the dumbest stuff that will make people laugh
2: (laughs) now hold on a second this was your idea and we didn't plan this (laughs) i think i have an idea of why that works again i study content i've been creative since i was 17 or actually since i was 11 that you know doing the morning announcements and i realized when i was doing the morning announcements if we took the promo, right, the, the teachers just gave us, listen, basketball tryouts are at 530, bring your shorts, whatever. They gave us the who, what, where, when, and why. If me and the guy or the girl that I was doing the announcements with, I was like, hey, we got 15 minutes. we got to read it. It's basketball tryouts. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to blow a whistle. We're going to bounce this ball in the background for some noise, and then you're going to pretend to be a coach, and then I'm going to pretend to be the kid trying out for the team. We turned it into a story when we did that. People would stop me at lunch in middle school and be like, hey, man, that was pretty funny, uh, the thing you did and uh, with the basketball tryouts today at 530. They remembered it. If I just read today, there's basketball tryouts at 530, I didn't get anybody reacting to me because they, they were engaged. I touched a part of their brain. I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't remember neuroscience from first year of PT school, but I touched a part of their brain where stories live, and they remembered it because the goal – with content is to be remarkable and i don't i use that word intentionally the definition of remarkable is worthy of making a remark about be that right be try to be that and it's difficult it requires you to burn some calories but what you're saying is you have something of value and you're trying to transmit that value you better put some effort into it i need to feel it right or i need to, i need to see it my favorite part of show and tell was the show. If you just tell people how great you are, but if you show them, you got a chance.
0: And in home health, that's what they're trying to get therapists to do. Show me.
2: Show me. Show me. Teach me. Lead me. Well, because there's there's only two things you can do with content. Two. That's it. I don't care what content it is. Teach someone something, inform, or entertain them. Now, there's a bonus thing. There's always a but. Bo- well, wait, there's more. Here's the bonus. If you can teach me something while informing me, that's the money ball, right? So like take a look, take a look at something that you just mentioned. We didn't plan this. But you said, listen, if we talk about the more scientific stuff, you know, it gets a little bit of whatever. Take Eric Mera and JW Matheson. They host a podcast. They were podcasting before I was podcasting. And there's this PT Inquest. It's an online journal club. It's not Jimmy's bag. I don't know, man. I don't I don't get around in journal club with articles. I probably should be a better person, but I don't. But they do it because they like it. They can make that fun. Like they understand it so well, reading and understanding research that they're able to like dribble that ball like a point guard, right? That's their right thing to be creating content in. But if someone said, hey, man, the next thing, the the algorithm is going to want you to talk about journals. And I was like, I don't know, man, that ain't my thing. I'm going to stick doing my thing because this is the ball I know how to dribble. And so don't do you. Don't try to be something you're not. Your audience will know. Like I used to teach radio DJs how to be radio DJs. And here's a trick, right, for the for the podcast audience, not watching watch a live stream. Here's what I would do. Because they were in a studio and they were wearing headphones, right, talking into a big, cool microphone like this. And when you hear yourself in headphones, you have a cool voice, especially on a radio station. We did little tricks with the videos. We made ourselves sound cooler, right? I would make them do this one thing, super scientific. I would, t- I would take their finger, doesn't matter which finger, do the pointer finger, and remove the earphone from one ear. And now you can hear your actual voice. And if you sound on the radio, if you don't sound when you're in your car or hanging out with your friends, stop being fake, Hear yourself. Hear your real voice. Don't just hear it through the headphones because you're going to sound cool and you're going to amp it up even more. Trust me, I can do the cool radio voice all day. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Monster Tram coming to the Wachovia Arena in wilkes Like I can do that all day. But people will recognize. They'll just say something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Something's not right. So I would say just take that earphone off, man. There's a reason for the headphones. You got to hear if the mix is right. There's a reason for it, but you don't need to. I want to make sure you hear your voice. Now, I'm not just talking about podcasts. I'm not just talking about headphones. I'm talking about if you're creating a reel, you're writing a post. If it's not going to sound like you, it won't resonate because the audience won't know what it is, but they'll be like, this doesn't feel real. Like, do you guys know uh, the movement maestro, Shantae? Yes. Go yes. when she If get on her newsletter or email list, whatever, when she writes an email, like you've probably seen her videos, then you've jumped on her email list. She writes exactly like she talks. When I read her email, I'm like, no one else wrote this except for her. They didn't. That sounds exactly like I expect. If she wrote a really boring whatever email, I'd be like, I don't know who the hell wrote this, but it wasn't her. It matches. It makes sense. I'm getting exactly what I feel I should be getting. Do that. You don't have to be as extreme as Shante or me or whatever. Do that. People recognize authenticity. They won't be able to verbalize. I don't know what – you ever get that, I don't know what it is about that, but they – something's off. And they just go, I don't know what it is. I don't – I'm not burning calories to figure out what it is. I'm not spending time here. But the answer is no. Thank you so much, but I'm leaving. But if you're real, you got a chance. That that was my advice. That was my highly technical way of being like, don't sound like a radio DJ. Sound like you as a DJ. There's a difference.
0: Uh, there's a lot to be said about authenticity, and it goes with networking too. Yes. Um, we're seeing a lot of people that would try to like fit in depending on who they're networking. But... Just be, just,
2: just be yourself. Today on Twitter, I just. It's like yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are stuck. You've been having a
0: day on Twitter.
2: <laughs> I just posted, I just posted a screenshot. I got a message. Someone, you know, cold messaging me to join my network on Twitter and it's or on LinkedIn and it said, "Hi Jimmy, I'd love to have you as part of my network here on LinkedIn, Elizabeth." And I'm like in my head, I was like. What do you collect? You sound like you're a collector of like you just collect. I don't want to be part of your network. She didn't, she didn't lead with one benefit. Hey, Jimmy, I saw that you're a podcaster and I'm super like excited about people in the PT and wellness space. I'd love to connect. I'd be like, click, click. You sound great. I'd love to be, what was it? I'd love to have you as part of my network. She led with her, what she wants out of it. So my immediate response is thanks for coming. The answer no. <laughs> Man, this, is, this has been
1: awesome way to get started, uh, season two, for sure. How um, many Jimmy, Jimmy. I'm sorry beer. I didn't have a beer, Jimmy. Um,
2: I didn't have one either. I had a
0: long just day. In case, just in case, you can try uh Caribbean beer. It's made in Trinidad. So the next time, I'll get you some.
2: Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I appreciate you having you guys on, man. This has been great. Yes. Thank awesome.
1: You. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Um, and as always to our returning followers. Nice to see you again. Welcome back. We're going to get started. For those of you that the first time, please subscribe. The info's on the bottom. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the social media platforms. Uh, so you can always be notified of the of the cool content and stuff that we're going to be having on. um but again as always thank you very much appreciate you jimmy um and you guys have a good night good night everybody